phone is on alex's welcome to married to who a podcast where a couple couples watch doctor who for the very first time my name is jake with me are cody sam jill alex and producer terry week we're here to talk about oxygen written by jamie matheson directed by charles palmer aired may 13th 2017 cody jake how would you think of this one I thought this was an episode, Jake. It was not too bad. It was pretty good, I think. I mostly just have problems with the general idea of the plot, which it was fine. It was a fine plot. I'm just so fucking bad that these people agreed to some stupid shit like this. You gotta work, man. I, I, also, yeah. don't, I also don't know <laughs> that they knew of that part of the, the, the arrangement, but... There's there's no way they can't know about breaths. No, they knew. We're gonna send you up there. But you only get 3,000 breaths to work, bitch. <laughs> Well, you buy your air. If the plans for the for the station are marked in breaths, then I think they knew. <laughs> Yikes. Sam? Uh, it was not great, not bad, kind of in between. It was fine. It was an episode. Jill? I liked it. Thought it was a good story. Uh, yeah. I liked it. Terry? I love this episode. It was very fun to watch. It was just incredible all the way through. I loved it a lot. You're one Uh, of those who liked this series, huh? (laughs) One of those people that likes things. What the heck? (laughs) The reason I ask Alex last every week is because he's seen all these before. He's the one of the marrieds who's watched Doctor Who before. So, Alex, what do you think? I still like it. This one was fun. <laughs> it's 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 got like horror. It's creepy. Uh, pretty good relationship stuff between Bill and the Doctor. Like ah, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Hey Jake. Uh yeah. Hi. What's the next segment? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, what do you think, Jake? Stuff. <laughs> I had a good time. I like this one. Um. I like all the funny banter. I like the just general concept. I like the idea of the suits and like a fun little spin on the zombie genre. I think it's uh, the scariest episode of the season so far. Scarier than that knock-knock bullshit. So, uh, yeah, I I was down. I don't know what banter you're talking about. The doctor doesn't banter. Oh, he's a lying piece of shit. He just banters all day long. just a big old lie. Also, <laughs> if Nardole is like this every day, if I was the doctor, I probably would have dropped him off on a planet very far from Earth a long time ago. He's just a just a bitchy queen. Well, He's we get a little in insight into their relationship. The doctor has ordered him to do this. So his job as hired by the doctor is to stop the doctor from leaving. And I love that... Uh, the TARDIS scene when they're headed to the space station because he just keeps telling them like, oh, well, you're doing a terrible job. <laughs> I should reduce your pay. <laughs> as soon as he hits the go switch on the TARDIS. <laughs> oh, yeah, or, he's got yeah that, that's uh, what he says. I'm docking this from your pay. <laughs> and these uh, Nardal has that uh, that element or whatever, and he's like, oh, the TARDIS can't take off without this. And the doctor goes, well, who told you that? You did. And he's like, yeah, and just takes off. (laughs) It's not just an element. That was the fluid link of the TARDIS, which we've seen before. Well, we've fluids. The fluid link is an excuse the doctor gives in the very first Dalek episode in 1963 to not leave the Dalek planet because he's super curious and everyone else is like, well, this place is obviously wicked dangerous. Let's go home. And he's like, oh, no, the fluid link's gone. We can't take off. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but well no, it was he said it was broken or out of mercury 
And yeah. when he actually loses it, then they're like, shit, we actually can't leave now. And so it's <laughs> funny that he fixed that, but still uses that as, as, as an example of like yeah. how to break the TARDIS. Fun callbacks to 53 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I didn't catch was, that one at all. Uh, Monday was Doctor Who Day. It was the 57th anniversary of the first episode. What? I started reading Ready Player Two, and there's already been three Doctor Who references. Reading, listening, audio, audio books is reading. Books count. Yeah, yeah, that's reading. Uh, it's not reading though. I mean, but what term listening do you to? use? You're an audio book shamer. I'm listening she's, to she's Ready Player One. Don't don't give her <laughs> any ammunition here. Just. Just when you listen it. to podcasts, are you like, I'm reading this podcast? It wasn't in, like, it's not a narration of someone reading you a story. Like, it's a podcast of people talking. It's different. Okay, so the people talking of the book is just not them talking? They're not, you guys they're not Sam's talking. Real they're not talking she's fishing of the in books. all these trollings. <laughs> so if you, Keep uh, if you read in Braille, are you feeling the book? Damn. Your move. (laughs) Checkmate. I I don't know enough about the deaf community to comment on that. (laughs) What? That's the expert in the. Blind! What? Future Jake, please, please put oh, an it. insert there. Oh my God. Please put an insert that says, and now Cody's wife. Oh, wow. Man, I like how all anyway. of, none of us caught it except for Terry. Yeah. I was just like, yep. <laughs> oh, no, I checked out a long time ago. Oh, Sam was just listing things she doesn't know a lot about. <laughs> <laughs> the list goes on and on. <laughs> all right, stuff. Uh, the, that intro was super Spooky. nice in setting the tone yeah. of this episode. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, the, uh... Actually, let back up here a little bit. Um, so the girl get thank you yep uh when the girl gets uh her nervous system uh abducted and then they start walking like moseying over to the guy and he's like literally 50 yards from them and he's just like "Ah!" Ah!" as they're slowly approaching him when he can just jump through the gate the woman he maybe loves is just been murdered yeah and also frozen in fear he didn't die like he was the guy that survived at the end oh they must have been married for like a day (laughs) they might they might not have like he might not even know she likes him they might have no relationship at all oh yeah uh no i feel like they did be yeah like he called her honey or something like that there was something affectionate did you see the look in his eyes at it the was end. fear. <laughs> that bulge in his pants. <laughs> Ugh. I mean, she had one oxygen left, and he had three oxygen left. Clearly, there was no love here. He's twice her size. He was, he was about to collect that fat life insurance. That has nothing, nothing to do with the number of breaths. Yeah, but his breaths are bigger. Takes more oxygen mm. to go into his bloodstream. <laughs> three well, times as much oxygen. <laughs> Well, I he's doing all the work. Society. Maybe she was just poor and she didn't have enough to buy more oxygen. She made seven breaths for every ten that the guy did. <laughs> yep. Or they were just taking the fastest route to the other side of the ship so they could get some more air for both of them. Yeah, that's kind of what they... <laughs> Here's my notes for the cold open. Girl professes her love to boy. Boy can't hear her. Girl gets killed by zombies. Zombie girl kills boy. But he yeah, didn't die. Big yikes. <laughs> Wait, yeah. yeah I don't end. know if I believe that. <laughs> she gave him the oxygen and he was looking yeah. at her like, oh, I, I loved you, but now you're dead. Yeah, he survived. That part was Oh, weird. right. My one big problem with this story is that I don't know any of the guest cast and they all seem exactly the same to me. True. Two of the guys looked very similar. There was a they... blue guy and I thought he was hilarious. <laughs> Yo, that he was cool. Wonderful. I love I that so guy. I was sad when he died. <laughs> that was the banter. Oh, we got ourselves a racist. That's yeah. a, That's my favorite line. 
have. <laughs> yeah, great, that's your we rescued line. a no. Okay, it's the whole thing because he goes, "Great, we rescued a racist," and then Bill goes, "I'm not prejudiced. I'm usually on the receiving side," and he goes, "Oh, okay." It <laughs> goes on with life. And well, I, no, he said, he said, so uh, really? Why? And she's like, you don't get it? As she's like walking up. My favorite line related to that is, some of my friends are bluish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that oh, that was Nardo. That's yeah. just like more racist. <laughs> it's so good. Well, that's why, yeah, it's that typical thing that racist people say like, oh, I can't be racist because all I have black friends. Can somebody explain to me what the mission is? Like Cody said, all these people are terrible for coming. It's a, you know, mi- it's a mining station. Yes, they're mining, they're mining copper. copper. So what I was talking about in like how why they didn't think that that would be part of their contract is because when they became um, not profitable, uh, that's when the suits were ordered to kill them and the new team was dispatched. Like, they weren't working fast enough or efficient enough. No, they had a major part of their equipment uh, fail. Like, part of their drill or whatever mining lingo they used. Mm. And so it was because that thing was broken, they were no longer necessary until, like, a new crew could show up and fix it. Or, like, bring a new one. Oh, so that's what the rescue crew is, essentially, with the new Mm -hmm. part to fix it and just take over. So, like, well, you guys aren't working because you can't, so there's no point in having you be alive. But it's weird that kind of going to what Cody or someone was saying, like, you would just then buy the oxygen. So they're still making money off of people living there. So why would they kill them? That doesn't make sense to me. It's not enough, I guess. Oh, I suppose, yeah. I suppose if they're, they're also giving like them they're like, not costing anything. If they could just break even on the oxygen, then what else do they need? Right. Yeah, I think the further you dig into that plot, the more you're like, yeah, eh, we didn't really try on that one. But I mean, if you really dig into it and you see the guy like for the empty suit working, it's like great, just make robots and have them mine right. your fucking yeah, copper. Yeah. Like, what do you no need shit. people for? Zero breaths taken. They can only do <laughs> minimal tasks. Though, or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mining copper make... is about as minimal as it gets. Right. If you can make suits that can do that and you can make force fields that can hold in oxygen around your face, like. And an AI that can track to... you down. But I did like that the suits were starting to learn. Um, yeah. And going on from there. And then, like, I think certain suits probably had abilities that others didn't, like the whole welding of the wires and the soldering and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So I think. Specific people in specific suits. That well, could do that. I think they got out of the way for that suit just because it was the one that had the the tool in its hand. But I do really like just the concept of the suits, the the suits that can operate independently, and you know, kind of the horror element of Bill's suit taking her helmet off or making her do things she didn't want to, or at another point making her immobile. Yeah, like that. Just as a sci-fi concept, I, I really dig that. Yeah, well, that was, was super cool. this was not a super far cry from uh, Library of the Dead. Forest of the Dead. Forest of the Damned. The one where uh... the bugs <laughs> held the people in the suits and the suits were talking. It was kind of the same. Except for instead of talking, they just kind of moaned. Yeah. Well, no, but they you... were dead. Yeah. They, they didn't moan. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they were dead in Library of the Damned, too. Right, but the Vashnarada were talking through the communicators in the suits. Yeah. Well, yeah. if these suits had communicators. Well, that was just the AI that was talking. It Who was built dated in. Nardal. Yeah, it was <laughs> built in and dated Nardal. <laughs> the actress who did the voice dated Nardal. Were we supposed oh. to know her? No. I think was it was that just a, third a funny wall thing. break then? No, it was just a joke. Oh. Yeah. And Velma. further, further illustrating Nardal's alienness, which is good. We need that because he seems very human. <laughs> yeah, all where's right, all let's... that creaking from the first episode of the season? And bolts falling uh, out he everywhere. Got some, he got some WD forty. <laughs> <laughs> also, the doctor was working on him. Presum- presumably, you know, he's like the best technician ever. I was really scared when the suit took his uh, 
Oh no, my brain has stopped. What the hell is it called? Sonic the... Screwdriver? That's it, thank yeah. you. Um, <laughs> when he took it and crushed it, I immediately went, oh shit, no. And I was like, well, thank God he's got his glasses with him. And it's like, I bet you he doesn't have them with him. It's like, damn. Well, Prior to him crushing that screwdriver, though, the doctor was screwdriving everything in the entire episode. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's all yeah, metal and no it's all here. metallic, yeah. like robot type stuff. Why not? It's all lights. He just turned on lights. Well, yeah, he turned on all the lights. And extended. closed doors. Yeah, that's what it's for. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Closing do you want to see... Turning doors. on lights. Do you want to see the doctor walk over to a corner and hit a button and all the lights come on? Or do you want to just see him in a three shot with the other two actors wave the Sonic? No, I want to see David Tennant <laughs> style yelling while he's like pulling <laughs> wires apart and smashing them back together. In what other show do you have to about worry about wire? Oh my gosh. Uh, lights <laughs> coming on. I mean, that seems like a weird, weird flex, but okay. Well, well there's I'm, not I'm a not whole lot of... It was fine. Well, and I was going to bring that up too, Terry, just because within like 30 seconds, the doctor lost the TARDIS and the screwdriver, and it just made the whole situation super real for the doctor, I felt. Mm-hmm. Well, when he had opened up the um, the TARDIS to let out oxygen, I originally thought, like, once we found that dead guy in the suit right away and found out that the suits were the ones in charge, I was like, oh, God, they're going to get inside the TARDIS and they're just going to be lying in wait for when they get back. Oh, shit. Yeah, that'd be fun. They could still be there roaming around the TARDIS. Uh, Also, does Nardal breathe? I thought he was just a head. Good. Uh, Wait. The doctor got him a new body with lungs. No, remember he has intestines and stuff because he was coming up from the bathroom. Oh, that's Ooh. right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah. He takes mondo dumps. <laughs> Huge <laughs> dookies. That was an in-depth investigation in, into if Nardal was human or not. I'm proud of us there. Yeah. Jake, do you hate this podcast yet? <laughs> Jake, Jake's got the nuke button right now. He's I have been for about it. nine minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I also really liked kind of the um Space Odyssey throwbacks with Hal type like the how the ai was looking with like the iris and then it had like yeah. the red vision that 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 was like super cool and it was human versus ai kind of is great i fucking love this episode <laughs> <laughs> where is this your top top 50 percent, alex oh for sure top 50 yeah top 25 percent. what come on man <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what do you guys think of like how those suits were disabling their their organic components? Ugh. Yeah, it didn't. Matter. The whole the whole technology creepy. taking over thing was super creepy. Yeah, like, obviously they hit something that was controlling them, but I mean it it feels too real. Like how much oh, technology sure. controls us, and everything's networked in this day and age. So like mm-hmm. somebody in a network somewhere can just be a terrible person and make a terrible choice super easily. Or someone was trying to download fonts for their fucking Microsoft Word and then they get fucking virus and it takes down the whole uh, storage appliance because they're assholes. <laughs> anyway. Hmm. Sounds too real. <laughs> right? No, it is don't too stop real. there. Also, the whole oxygen thing, like watching one bar of oxygen. I was like, oh, Alex, it's COVID. He's like, what? And I'm like, this is how people die of COVID. Like, you start at full bars of oxygen, and then you have no bars of oxygen. Oh, Too real. I I still didn't get it when you explained it, but now I do. The whole thing was too real. I originally thought the suits were just regular space suits, um, but when, like, the three of them put it on, uh, the whole, like, connecting to your joints... Yeah, and that was creepy. You, that was like the the Iron Man suit up montage. Yeah, yeah, but when, it wasn't like a nice suit up montage. No. It was like a really scary psycho montage. When Bill was like about to die, and the doctor like reached and grabbed the suit. That scene was hard to follow. They did a lot of cuts that and he was putting his helmet on her. That's why right. he grabbed around the top. That whole those scene, are really fun helmets. Like, yeah. Be- Fold it up and then they pop out like that. That's really fun. I like, I like the 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 light thing too, because when when they put their helmets on and then Bill started uh, taking hers off, it was just red, 
and it, it just looked really cool. I, th- I thought the props in this episode were super, super slick. Like the, ev- like visually, this episode is really cool to me as well. Yeah. And the zombies themselves. Yeah. Like the makeup department was Ridic. Yeah. But yeah, having the different. <laughs> Can uh, we say ridiculous? No, <laughs> we ain't got time. Um, <laughs> I'm so having busy. It, um, just the different stages of how long they've been dead or where they could have died compared mm, to mm-hmm. inside versus outside. And it, it was beautiful to watch. Yeah, I agree. That was, it was super cool. Do they make suits in any color except orange? Or is it only no, orange? Not in space. Only orange. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta have a high vis. So in case you get detached, people can see you. Lime green? I would assume. <laughs> I have no idea. Not pink? No, lime green will blend in with like uh, neon yellow no, sun that's like or like stars <laughs> can't see him <laughs> gotta be orange i guess like how the doctor ended up saving him at the end of connecting it to the blow him up core thing I, my god my brain is not figuring out oh, words for the blow him up core thing <laughs> it was yeah. the hydrogen Verbatim. system terry take your headset off turn off your computer <laughs> 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 you've uh, been but, shifted <laughs> yeah but i really liked that how it turned into like from a business aspect of from just letting them die to save on energy and costs that humans create uh to keeping them alive rather than losing their entire ship structure yeah which just goes to play that the owners of this entire company are just terrible people all around well, it was interesting. It was like it was a uh, like capitalism to the extreme, you know. And even at the end of the episode, the doctor was saying, "Yeah, that they they had a revolution, and that was the end of capitalism." <laughs> it's like, oh shit. Yeah, the doctor says once he figures out what's going on that this is like the natural end point of capitalism is uh, realizing that the your human workforce is expendable or something like that. Yikes! Is it for real? Cause, damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the TARDIS wiki is kind of funny because it says like this is uh, anti-capitalist or capitalism story, which yeah, and then it says there's a story next season that's pro-capitalism, and uh, it's not. I don't know <laughs> why Tar- TARDIS wiki thinks that. I mean. I know what story they're talking about, and a lot of people do think that, but uh, those people are dumb. <laughs> get ripped, TARDIS wiki. We'll get there <laughs> in about nerds. 10 weeks or so. Oh, oh man, that's a long time. You say that, but we've been doing this for a lot longer. <laughs> uh, 10 weeks from now, there will probably be a new baby. There will be Actually, a lot of new 11. babies, Sam. Yeah, there's so many new babies since. Yeah, how many babies do you with think? With the name? podcast, uh, we prefer to call it a Pod Baby the sequel. Electric Boogaloo, Jake. That's what the Zoomers are saying. Only Cody wanted to talk about the plot, and what he wanted to say was, "Meh." <laughs> so, well, we did talk about it. It's it was one of those like if you dig in, you're gonna hate it more. Well, no, that was just how the suits work. Oh, well, uh, well, yeah, you're kind of right. Well, what'd you think of the supporting cast other than Blue Guy? They didn't need to be there. <laughs> well, they need people to die. True. I, felt, I mean, they were really you couldn't really get to know any of them. They were just faces. Two parter. Yeah, fuck those guys. You do need someone around to be like, ah, oh, this doctor's crazy, or who are you? And, you know, so the doctor could say funny things like, uh, I'm the one who's going to save your life, and then I'm going to leave, and you're going to spend the rest of your life wondering who I was. Yeah. I thought it was unnecessary for how rude that lady was. I mean, there's always got to be one who's like yeah. pessimistic yeah. and negative of the doctor, but man. <laughs> and then at the end, she's like, oh, guess you're a cool guy. <laughs> but at the opposite end of that, um, the other non-blue man was like really easily persuaded to let the doctor do whatever he wanted. <laughs> well, again, I think you have to put yourself in the 
situation of those people as well. It's like they have been hiding out in this area forever. They don't know what the hell they're doing. They're running out of oxygen. Then like they're hearing of a rescue crew coming in, but then this random guy and a team shows up and he's trying to take charge. So it's, you don't know who has proper ranks in this. Like they all could be janitors for all we know. We have no idea. They probably are. Yeah. So it's there, there, there's just no hierarchy. And I think she was just too in her own mind of like, I just need to get out of here. What the hell are you doing? You don't know what you're doing on this mining cruise ship, whatever. So it's, I could see how all of them had their different attitudes. Honestly, I thought the blue guy probably had higher status than all of them because he was very calm. (laughs) Yeah. You heard it here. Terry thinks janitors are stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Put janitors on the board. Wow. That board hasn't been added to for a while. It's true. We've been so nice. Get a more wine shift on. We just keep uh, offending the same folks that we've already put on the board. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. Mostly America. Mostly America. As we deserve it. I mean, so to your point, Terry, um, I think if I was in their situation and someone came on claiming to be the rescue team, and then you see that there's a different rescue team coming, then you're like, well, what the fuck? Who are you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It seems well, they seem very question. human. They're from the union. <laughs> yeah. That's when you just start popping people. Uh, <laughs> Those characters, too, are also not really fleshed out, as many supporting casts are, but they probably had, like, this is your basic script, your basic idea. This is your core goal that you want, your driving motivation. Go with it. And that's kind of how all of those characters were anyway. So they there was no backstory to a lot of them. Here's here's what I think they did with that. They really wanted to hammer home that expendable. Yeah, only two of them survived, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the blue guy, like he kind of dies almost off camera. Like he's in a completely different room from everyone else. Nobody like addresses it. He's they're just like, Oh shit, here's a horde. We got to go. And he kind of dies alone. And it's super sad. Yeah. It's, it was heartbreaking. Cody was like, like, Oh no, the blue guy, like 30 seconds into seeing that guy. I'm like, I need you to be a companion. Get rid of Forky. (laughs) Bring in bluish guy. Has a name, you know? Yeah. What was it? (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) We talked in previous episodes about Bill being like super confident, but maybe that confidence coming from a place of her not really understanding how much danger she was in. I think this is the first time where she truly is afraid. And like before we even get to the part where we think she died at the very beginning, her and Nardo want to fuck off. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's get out of here. And the doctor has to give my favorite line, which is the universe shows its true face when asking for help. We show ours by how we respond. And then Nardole and Billy are like, ah, fuck, he he guilted (laughs) us into this. Let's go. But yeah, that's such a normal response by Nardole and Bill, because seeing that corpse standing there, I, I would have been I would have noped out so fast. Like just I'm not I'm not doing it. I'm not doing this. And she's trying to like uh, humanize it still of like, let's just lie him down and just like make it okay for him and still couldn't do anything. Speaking nah, of I'm on Nardal, the boat train. <laughs> Speaking of Nardal, I liked having Nardal as a companion on this trip again. I know Cody yeah, said he actually he comes would with. kill him or whatever, yeah. get rid of him somehow. But I liked his presence. Yeah, he was uh Like, he's in a weird position. He's not a companion in that we, like, we as audience can relate to because he does know stuff, but he doesn't know as much as the doctor, so he's like this weird in-between. And he's so nervous about whatever's happening in the vault. It's like he can't put that past him. It'd be fun to see him just on an adventure and not... Well, obviously the doctors asked him to keep him from going on adventures with whatever the vault situation is. So he is in a weird position, but it'd be fun to see him without that like vault anxiety. Yeah, well, we kind of did in that Christmas couple That's Christmas true. episodes, and it was fun. Yeah, but I'm, if 
he must have been there just to add that vault anxiety, I'm assuming. Get us more excited about the vault, which we haven't talked about at all. Yeah, and that's kind of been his role the whole season. And then him coming with, I'm trying to imagine what the story would be like if it was just the Doctor and Bill. And, you know, apart from some jokes, like, I don't think it would have been any different. I am glad, though, because I, like, obviously the vault thing's going somewhere. But Well, yeah, but he could have done that. I know, but it feels awkward that every single time the Doctor just, like, does his thing, comes back, and Nardle's like, still here. Like, he's just the security guard to the vault. So I liked that they just integrated him into the story to pull the vault in a little bit more, rather than just having it being a weird, like, here's a minute at the end. Like, it's been every episode. Yeah, it's definitely fun to have him with. I'm just curious, like, if by this point the script was written in its you know originally as having bill and nardal there or if it was written as just the doctor and bill and then later they're like oh we should have nardal go on one of these and they're like sure we can do almost no changes to the script and it'll work just fine (laughs) (laughs) my two favorite lines were from nardal though Uh, uh, the one i already said some of my friends are bluish and then the other one was so relax or die Oh, yeah. that was when they're getting in the getting in the suits. Oh, right. Talking yeah. to Bill. Yeah. That's how you get people to right. relax yeah. is by telling them they're going <laughs> to die if they don't. And he's so nonchalant about it. He's like, duh. He did some deep breathing exercises with her, though. <laughs> so I think when he says that he's actually being very sinister. Like, I think he's fucking with her. Oh, really? Oh, no. Yeah. I didn't get that. Because he's just like, so calm down or you're going to die. And it's kind of... Like, if his voice changed just a half an octave, it would sound like he was threatening her. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, trying to get, you know, getting back to Bill, like, having Nardal there for Bill, I feel for her character was very comforting to be able to talk through situations. Like, he was, he was kind of just handling her, like making the situation or at least explaining it to her because the doctor was like off trying to solve the whole thing. And so Nardal was just kind of there to keep her going, keep her sane kind of thing. And I I thought that was really cool. Um, especially for all of the shit that Bill went through in this episode. Like it was so much. Right. But we haven't needed that before with other companions and almost all of his lines could have either been said by the doctor or, by one of the guest cast whose parts were probably cut down because of the addition of Matt Lucas in this. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just, I'd be really interested to see what the original plan for this story was and when Matt Lucas was added. Cause I'm sure some of those guest cast were hired thinking they'd have more to do and didn't because yeah. another person was added to the script. That is interesting. Yeah. I really felt bad for Bill uh, when the doctor left her to essentially die Mm. um, from the horde. And like, she was just screaming out for her mom. Oh, that scream. What do I do? What do I do? And then it's like, he didn't tell me a joke. He was supposed to tell me a joke. And it's like that whole being abandoned and not having the support of the doctor would just be horrifying. (laughs) That's such a primal thing too, like calling out to your fam or for your family, like, man. Well, and she's already said in the past that she talks to her mom in her head. So when she's yelling, like, say something, it's because her head is not cooperating. Yeah. What did you think when we watched Bill die and like that, the suit shocked her and she got the same like mark on her head that everybody else had? I oh. I don't think I believed it at first, but the further it got, then I started to believe it. I'm like, no. No, I didn't. No. That. Wait. That's, that's all wait, you wanted. What? The end of Forky. <laughs> no. I never said the end of Forky. I wanted Forky. Forky was you what I wanted. You literally said get rid of Forky about 18 minutes ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was because podcast. I wanted bluish. But since I can't have bluish, fucking Forky's all like... I'll take both Forky and Bluish. Yeah, in fact, that would be that'd be great. 
But even when it happened, I was a disbeliever. I did not believe it at all. The further it got, I started to, especially he started acting sad about it. And then I really started to believe it. Oh, when he was going manic and then he was like, his whole plan was to suicide. (laughs) (laughs) Right? It got real dark in this episode. It did, yeah. Stephen Moffat, Doctor Who loves suicide. Yes, (laughs) for sure. Moffat didn't write this, right? It was someone else? Jamie Matheson. Matheson. He was probably like given a steak dinner for turning this in because (laughs) this seems like something Moffat would absolutely love. Uh, This is his final Doctor Who story, but he's written some good ones. He did Mummy on the Orange Express, Flatline, um, Time Heist, I think, with Stephen Moffat. I think that was a co-written kind of thing. Hmm. I remember Flatline being good, but I can't think of it right now. But the Mummy one was really good. Yeah. Joe, what did you think about Bill dying? What were you? Th- what was going through your head? Disbelief the whole time. It's like, no, Bill's not going to die. Mostly because it's just so early on, and we don't know her character. Just knowing the show, yeah. I guess, and the storyline. But that and that would be the time arc. to do it. Bring on. A companion for like three or four episodes that'd be like psych she did that'd be kind of cool like i mean i know that there's a lot few or a lot more companions in old who so i feel like i might like that of like now it just feels like we have to get super attached to the companion so i just the whole time i'm like no it's fine it's gonna work out so i just wasn't that attached to her death what 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 if they psyched her death and it like it was an actual death but it, it was just like add and Nardal's the companion the whole time. <laughs> oh, don't know what I think that. You would you be okay with that? I mean, you seem to like Nardal. I like Nardal. Yeah, but Nardal is just a weird role. Yeah, not a companion role. Weird role. I'll my maybe second place favorite line is at the end when Bill and the Doctor are hugging and he just comes in behind and just goes cuddles. <laughs> <laughs> so the Doctor's blind. Yeah, still blind. Okay, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, it's kind of it's sci-fi. It doesn't have to. <laughs> it's supposed to make sense yet. What does it make That's sense? That's a Sam? huge change. I mean, if a river can regenerate the doctor back, why can't he just regenerate his eyes? Well, River was it like mid regeneration when she did that? No, Didn't the doctor was... regenerate a no, hand? No, she wasn't. Yeah, but he was also he was mid-regeneration. mid-regeneration. Oh, he's fucking blind now. You he's know, blind forever, boys. How was he mid-regeneration? He was turning into David Tennant. Yeah, that was David Tennant's first story. No. And the one you're talking about with River is Let's Kill Hitler, where she uses her regeneration because she is mid-regeneration at that point. No, uh, this is when they are in Manhattan. Oh, and they're sitting on the stairs. Yep. Yeah, oh, I was yeah. going to say that. No, yeah, he did her. Okay, yeah, other way around. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that last. It'd be like, yeah, this this means you're wrong, and this means you're wrong, and this means you're wrong. But you're actually right because of this thing. I oh, I did it the wrong <laughs> way. I just had it mixed up. You knew. Yeah. That's what I was talking about was that one. Um. Yeah. But also, like, it's we've seen him, like, when he was Matt Smith, actually die even though he had regenerations remaining we've seen the doctor say like oh this will do this to me and i can't regenerate so certain injuries can be written off as like not fixable through regeneration energy hold up hold up we've seen matt smith actually die yeah what in this well twice we saw it in the series six premiere and in his last episode where he just actually died of old age (laughs) He didn't die. Regenerate. Come on. Jay. He was gonna. Yeah, he was given he regeneration was at the end there. He was never gonna. Come on, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the doctor's blind. So here's what happened actually, and we'll talk about it more in the next story. J.B. Matheson wrote this, and the doctor gets blind in it, and there's lots of fun jokes about bruised shins and stuff like that. And then. In the end, he goes in the TARDIS and he fixes it. But Stephen Moffat read the script and he's like, ooh, I'll have that. Please make him stay blind because I want him to be blind in in my next story because the next one's written by Moffat. 
Ooh, hmm. that's that's kind of what I want. Well, no, I just figured they they wanted a really nice trope tropes, but they wanted a really nice little extra thing that is trouble for the just another thing to make the doctor unique and and they they wanted the scary spacewalk like the the fear of bill having to be exposed to space and then you know if they get to the other side and it's like well the doctor just put his helmet on you and he's a time lord so he was fine like that's no fun there has to be a consequence because then that makes it seem real and so yeah the doctor survived but there was a price okay after like the conversation and the things I've said about the plot in this episode, actually, it was all re- it was really good that the doctor does get a consequence, even though like this situation. Also, you know, what? fuck everything I'm about to say. It doesn't matter <laughs> if I was Forky. I'm fucking done. <laughs> like the shit that happened to her here. It's game over. She has <laughs> mental problems now. There's no way she walks away from this and is fine. Right. right, it had to mess with her a little bit. Oh, yeah, she definitely has brain also, damage. Also, what did he do when he like touched the helmet? Not the helmet, but the suit. Yeah, he like shoved his fingers down. And the it back went like, and then she was fine. He like re-engaged was... the the uh, the barrier, the right? Thing? Yeah, the the air barrier. But that doesn't change the fact that she was like incapacitated without air i don't think that's what she was doing or he was doing uh sorry cody so the reason the people that are still alive the reason their suits didn't kill them is because they're not part of the network because they were like outside of the ship when this order was given they were offline right and so the zombies don't actually electrocute the people that they touch they just touch their suits which gives them the directive like brings them online and gives them the directive to kill their organic components and so that their own suits do the killing so i think that at this point the doctor had convinced uh the mothership to save them and he goes up and touches bill's suit to give it that same directive to save her oh yeah because he because he set that directive in i guess in his suit no, he did it on the well, computer. No, the the mothership did it, but it doesn't do anything to the others because they're already dead. So they're just like sending it to the living people. Mm. I'm really hoping that the <laughs> opening credits for the next episode, his eyes are like looking off <laughs> like randomly in another direction. <laughs> uh, Is him being blind... Is him being blind going to have something to do with the vault? That's the word. Are they going to go in the vault next episode? That's my question. (laughs) Well, he's already been in the vault. Are we going to go in the vault next episode? Are they going to bring the camera with them next time? Trying to say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're getting close to the end of the season, right? We got to see it pretty soon. No. Oh. (laughs) This is like the this third is episode, episode? <laughs> four, five, five. Oh, goes pilot smile, uh, thin, thin ice, knock knock. This, so yeah, five. So uh, yeah, the finale is like the next episode. Yeah, knew it. Yeah, you guys want to hear Jake's aneurysm? Uh, yeah, I do tweets. No, stop. <laughs> Sorry, wait, I just wait, wanted wait, to wait. Tweet, 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 tweet. Terry, this better be the most important thing you've ever said. I haven't gotten to say a lot. Sorry, <laughs> cut that out. Um, I just wanted to say my favorite line out of the episode was the doctor goes through his whole um explanation of how you die in space, and then like, are there any questions? And the student raises her hand, and goes, "What does this have to do with crop rotations?" <laughs> <laughs> that was just hilarious. We could have skipped that. <laughs> <laughs> we will too when the edit happens. <laughs> in that case, I'm going to say the line that I missed where Nardal and the doctor are at the vault and Nardal's giving the doctor a hard time and the doctor goes, I'm here. I'm guarding the vault. What do you want from me? 
and Nardal says the truth, and Doctor says don't be unreasonable. Um, that was pretty fun. My so the one I missed was actually the actual scariest line you'll ever hear in space is you're going to be exposed to the vacuum of space. That <laughs> yeah, that was yes. terrifying as fuck. <laughs> like what would you? And you can't hold your breath. What do you do? Just ah, you just die. <laughs> like you that just, was it. Yeah. I did really like. Was it during that scene where they did a bunch of cuts with the camera and it was like hazy in and yep. out? And yeah. I yep. liked that directing of that portion. Yeah, we're kind of getting it from like Bill's point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had to watch it back a couple of times because like when it when she started coming back, she had a helmet on. Jill's like, wait, how is she still alive? And I was like, well, you need to watch it back. So then we watched it back and she missed it again. But it was just that fast cut of the doctor not having a helmet that mm-hmm. like it's a very visual storytelling in that like 20 seconds or whatever it was alex we've got 20 things on twitter 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 that's a good song i think that counts uh neither time nor the space at time nor space pod well i asked uh what do y'all think of oxygen and so uh they who have not seen the episode yet because they're way behind us said Oxygen is the chemical element with the symbol O and atomic number eight. It is a member of the Chalcogen group in the periodic table, a highly reactive nonmetal and an oxidizing agent that readily forms oxides with most elements as well as other compounds. That's not what they think about it. That's what it is. They haven't seen it. That's what. (laughs) But they Uh, still didn't answer. You could say oxygen gives you life. Well, Matt of that podcast is also a chemistry teacher. Oh, that's fair. Fair. Passion fruit scented jar candle at B underscore bird underscore moth says, absolutely smashing. I love that the doctor really doesn't hide his anti-capitalist side at all. The threat is really creepy. And dear Lord, the airlock scene is one of the most tense and horrifying scenes in the show's history. Very quotable, too. Quote any of it? Yeah. Yeah, we you made there. us stop so you could give us your favorite fucking line. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we all agreed with the with those. Yeah, there are a lot of fun lines. Pretty much the whole TARDIS scene, and I I love everything they say. The intro with Nardal basically yeah. was does everything that we needed Nardal for this episode. Ode underscore Ollie at Ode underscore Ollie says. I know I've said before about loving when who does morality stories, but even for me, this is really on the nose. Though I do still really like it. For me, it's more outright scary than Knock Knock, both the zombies and the idea of an employer sacrificing employees for profit. Then it says, though that's more down to personal experience. And then, oh, you know, yeah. laughing emoji. Uh, the doctor's opening speech at the beginning is great, especially the more brutal take on Trek. And uh, because, yeah, he says space, the final frontier in there. And his description of how space kills you is a rare case of who being realistically disturbing, yet it's still completely fascinating. Then funny again, with 12 having gone off topic. And the deaths of the astronauts interspersed with the speech are heartbreaking and horrifying. 12 wanting to leave because he misses space is surprisingly touching and his attempt to trick Nardal is brilliant, especially with the first Doctor reference. And I love the Doctor's line about the universe's true face. And the follow-up is the proper embodiment of who. The zombies are incredibly creepy, and the idea behind them just makes it more so. And Bill being controlled is terrifying. Yeah, I thought those were the scariest bits. Like, the suit just, like, making her do stuff. Like, taking off her helmet, that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The scenes from POV as she passes out are done so well. And keeping yeah. the attention on her makes the first reveal of the Doctor's blindness so powerful. And 12 not wanting help is so in character, but still a little heartbreaking. The story is so anti-capitalist that it can be seen as too far. But despite that, I really like it, especially because the reasoning solution is there throughout. And the audience gets all the hints they need to figure it out themselves. Matt Lucas is incredible in the final scene and throughout playing Nardal's anger so well, building from understated to all out, even if the vagueness of his lines about the vault is still so frustrating yet intriguing. The final twist is amazing. Capaldi plays his blindness so well, but especially in that last scene, and especially on a rewatch when there are so many little hints during the TARDIS scene that show he's still blind. Yeah, fuck you, Terry. But no. you miss them unless you're no. looking for them. <laughs> no, 
lies and deceit he's seeding. This isn't a favorite of the series, but it's still so good. And I'm really curious what you all think will happen going forward. The doctor trips over like a lot of stuff. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of fixed his eyes somehow. How's he fit? What about can some whatever's in the vault, can that fix him? Does it like him? Ooh, maybe. Like that's what's going to make next episode either really good or just really dumb. Okay, I apologize. I had to step out for a second because old dog had to pee. But he gives... You shouldn't call Alex that. He, he <laughs> gives two options for his eyes being fixed. One is the TARDIS, and one is I have blah blah blah's eyes or pupils or whatever. He just said he has like an extra pair of eyes laying around. So why not pop those in? I thought he said 11s. Was a joke. And I thought that would have been really cool. But it, he didn't say 11s because I went back and listened. Oh, Maybe in the vault is a googly-eyed monster, and he can get some googly eyes. Oh, God, oh, no. Jesus. I'm out. <laughs> Beholder. Oh, my God. That would just be so fun to watch. Where I sign off here. <laughs> Chris at This Emo Trash says, Second best episode of the series, IMO. 12 is really showing how much more left-wing he's become in this series by literally destroying capitalism, and I love it. <laughs> having to buy the oxygen you breathe is something that is completely horrifying and also entirely predictable knowing what some corporations are like uh nardal getting a more central role is nice to see since he's been on the back burner a lot so far and i like how he's very much a reluctant companion in this adventure i also agree with him that space doors should go chic chic i again don't what? have much to say <clears throat> when they first land on the spaceship uh the doctor makes some comment about the noise that space doors make. He's like, they don't actually make the shik shik sound like they do in the movies. And then this door that he opens does. And Arnold <laughs> goes, I like it when they make that noise. It's way better than the, and then he makes a reference to like the old classic TARDISes and the sound the doors would make when they open. <clears throat> I can't do it, but he did. <laughs> uh, Chris goes on to say, I again don't have much to say, but mostly because it's just a really solid episode defeating the monster in quotes, or in this instance, capitalism itself by proving their deaths to be unprofitable is a very unique idea. I also love how for once there are real consequences with the doctor now being permanently blind. It allows for a different style of writing and storytelling going forward. And it's something that the doctor has never faced before, which is really interesting. This also isn't the last time we deal with evil space capitalism, but it's definitely the best. What was also interesting was the way they deal with racism again. Calling Bill a racist with how she talks to Da Ren is hilarious. Hopefully the marriage enjoyed because I certainly did. <laughs> Favorite line. Darren. It's actually <laughs> Da Ren. Uh, and then this one, I got to give a special shout out because uh, at Jury of One in the last couple of podcasts, uh, their handle was at Jury or Jury of Eleven. <laughs> And so now their handle is, I misspelled my handle earlier at oh, Jury of One. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite. That's and fantastic. They say, super fun episode, not the best of Series 10, but an interesting concept that's complemented by some great performances from the cast. I especially enjoy PCAST's monologue about space and how it comes around to Bill's exposure in the vacuum. I feel like Jamie Matheson is one of the better writers of the mafia years and his episodes are always fun with a good focus on character. I found that the politics of this episode get more interesting with rewatches as the monologues about capitalism felt a bit shoehorned in on my first watch of this episode. And that's it. I read it like there was more, but that's it. Alex, give me that fun facts theme song. Fun facts, fun, fun facts. Uh, there weren't any fun facts that I could find. Other than the fact that fun they say that facts, there's an episode fun, next. Fun <laughs> Give us those not fun but, facts. Well, I do like to look up the actors and see if they've been in Doctor Who before or Star Wars, Game of Thrones or Harry Potter. Um, Mimi Indueni, um, you know, the crabby lady. She played Abby. She was also a Rune's officer in The Rise of Skywalker. Um, yeah, Mickey I remember Lou. that one. <laughs> Mickey Lewis was a corpse. I think he's the very first corpse that our TARDIS team comes across. Uh, he will be in a total of 15 Doctor Who stories overall. He started as a Dalek operator in Asylum of the Daleks, and he will keep being in Doctor Who 
up until the most recent story that aired, the season 12 finale. Uh, he's also in three Star Wars movies as various soldiers and officers. So what you're saying is they get most of their cast the UK. Well, yeah, they shoot it at Pinewood Studios, which is in London. Oh, I didn't. Okay, that answers. But is here's there... a really interesting one. Uh, Lauren Pate played student. She was uh, there are a lot of people that played student in this. Uh, she's also been an assistant director in 18 Doctor Who episodes, starting with the return of Doctor Mysterio and going until the middle of next series. So series 11. That's fun. Yeah, she spans showrunners and production teams. Uh, she's also the third assistant director in the most recent episode to have aired the season 12 finale. Lauren Neat. Pate. Ask him the MVP theme song. MVP, MVP, we're gonna tell you our MVP. <laughs> I think you need like a acoustic guitar when you do that one. <laughs> well, I a need banjo. The, well, what is the? Yeah. I, we need an animation of uh, the Schoolhouse Rock people. <laughs> That's what it seemed like. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But idea. like bummed out. Alex, who's your MVP? I'm going to go with the director. I I was between two, but I'm going with the director. I thought it looked great. Just all aspects of this episode looked really good. Charles Palmer, who I know nothing about. <laughs> Boom. Jill? I'm going to go with Pearl. She did a great job playing a dead person. <laughs> doesn't seem that easy to do i just i'm also choosing pill or pearl she just had a lot of nice scenes in this episode yeah she did do a very good job at that i think this is her especially (laughs) i think all around just like the fear and the drama of everything going on i think this was her best episode so far cody i'm going to go with mathis this one to be so bold as to make the doctor Matheson. Also, yeah. Also, all of those <laughs> memorable lines were put in by Matheson himself. Sam? I'm on board with Alex. I'm going to go with the director. I said it earlier this episode, and I'm going to stick with it. Terry? I am going to give MVP to the makeup artists or the special effects artists, whoever did the makeups for the zombies it was really well done in that it helped sell the horror factor are they really zombies or are they just corpses they're corpses but the stages of death well you're the one who said it first it's corpse corpses um the only thing that i would have to give a negative on for makeup would be uh bill's black scarring that she has on changes how it's lying on her face when you originally see her dead uh it's vertical along her eye and then when she's back in the tardis it's now horizontal along the cheekbone and that annoyed me well that could be someone else's fault like there are people who are in charge of continuity they're usually called like uh stage managers or something like that or script supervisors yeah, but as a makeup artist, when you have a makeup design, you don't vary from a makeup design. Right. You should have pictures. Correct. Otherwise, it might have just been like a coffee girl and like, oh, no, the scar and threw it on her face. <laughs> well, the makeup designer is Barbara Southcott. Barbara. Um, I thought you were going to say you, the worst thing was that she, that Pearl was wearing her jean jacket again when she was sitting in class. <laughs> hey, at least she attended class. It's fine. <laughs> I liked Pearl's uh, outfit in this one. It was pretty simple. It was nice. Yeah, it was just like black on black. I pay more attention to clothes. <laughs> black on black with the jean job. jacket. But she and had like the punk rock sh- uh, pants, where it was like cut on the jean or on the knees. Yeah, they're yeah they're jeans, right? And they had yeah. knee holes or cut, yeah. So she was she was doing like the high waisted jeans four years before everybody else. I mean, or two I, years. I do 
do be liking those high waisted jeans now. Isn't that like <laughs> just... because you're pregnant? Don't or they like make particularly the fashion? like a like a fashiony kind of person? Like she she's always like trendy. Also, we're from North Dakota, so we're about ten years behind the rest of the U.S. in fashion. Yeah, we just got Zubas. Oh God, oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> it is now time for everybody's favorite podcast game, the Doctor Who Trivial Pursuit slash Doug Benson movie game game. A game in which I, <laughs> a game in which I will ask each of these five nerds a question from the Doctor Who Trivial Pursuit. The question will be random. Could be hard. Could be really easy. Uh, if everyone will get a chance to go first, if they get it wrong. The next person gets to try the same question with four multiple choice options. If they get it wrong, then uh, the next person gets to have a crow at it and they get the remaining three options. I have randomly selected the order and it will be Alex, Terry, Jill, Cody, Sam. Well, Alex, you're going to be lucky that you're first this time because it's an easy one. Hey, oh, give it to me, baby. What type of ball does Brian Williams throw for Tricy the Triceratops. Oh, a, a golf ball. Yeah. That's correct. Yes. That was dinosaurs in space. <laughs> nope. Oh, dinosaurs on a spaceship? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, Terry, are I, I you would ready? I with it. Okay, I'm ready. Terry, your question is, in Blink, what year did the Doctor and Martha get stuck in? It's a year. This was made for him. Oh, right. Now I have pressure. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, it's been a while since I've watched that one. I can't remember. It's been a while. Think of the medium they use to communicate. Don't do that. That's a terrible clue. What? I know. I'm trying to think of what they wore. I don't know. They, they wore normal wear clothes. clothes. Yeah, they were normal. Yeah, clothes. but the rest of the people. I was gonna say. They, I'm gonna they say they don't show them in this year. 1984. Good guess. Jill. Oh, I thought that was it. <laughs> it's like there's no way. Here's why that was a bad guess, Jill. Your options are 1966, 1967, 1968, 1969. Oh, I hate this. 1968. Cody. 69. Uh, that's correct. Mm. Weird that I originally was thinking the 60s and then I... <laughs> well, that's a weird the question. Only, the only time we see them is when that cop gets touched and he goes back to the same point and they meet him there and Martha tells him, oh, You've got the moon landing coming up, though. You'll love it. Yeah, that's why I was thinking it. Okay. But they were there for longer than 69. That's a weird question. No, they weren't. They get saved by the TARDIS. That guy was there. That cop, he becomes the person who puts all the Easter eggs in the DVDs, but it takes him a long time. Oh, I thought they recorded it for the DVDs when DVDs oh. was a thing. Oh, you just have to have a camera. Oh. Hmm. Jill, it is now your turn to go first. Mm, Cody has okay. one and Alex has one. What alien race had Prisoner Zero escaped from? Mm. It's a tough one. I can picture them. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen them for a long time, right? I, you probably can't answer that. I can't come Reread up with... the question. <laughs> I can't come up with the name. Go to the multiple choice. Cody, your multiple choice are the Jadoon, the Atraxi, the Cybermen, the Centaurans. The Atraxi. Yeah. That, that was easy multiple choice. What the fuck? Yeah. What are you talking well, about? It was the hardest thing ever. <laughs> that was it like was either it was either choose for aliens that do show up in that season, which is what I did, or just make up for gobbledygook words, which makes it impossible. There's plenty of other alien races you could have picked from, but you chose all of like season finale aliens except one. <laughs> I chose all the aliens that appear in season five. Yeah. Yeah, I get it, but 
I don't know. That was easy. <laughs> you only you see him once. You got the golf ball question. <laughs> Sit down. Hey, <laughs> normal people wouldn't go get that. Cody has two. Alex has one. Cody, it is your turn to go first and possibly run away with this. Oh, I'm walking. I'm walking back to everybody with points in hand to give <laughs> to them. The <laughs> Shut up. When the Cumbrian monks in 1207 wake the abbot because the bells of St. John are ringing, what sound are they referring to? The telephone ringing. There it is. God damn it. <laughs> Cody is our winner. Sam, you He's have a chance made. to tie Alec for second place. <laughs> in what story does the doctor encounter the Morpeth Jetson Company? I need the name of the episode. The one, can I just explain the episode? I don't even think it's right. Uh, I'll decide after you do it. The one with Atmos. Oh, no. <laughs> Solid. Okay. Alex, your options are, again, these are all from the same season. <laughs> uh, the Rebel Flesh, A Good Man Goes to War, The God Complex, The Girl Who Waited. What was the question again? What was the company? You don't have to do those things. Morpeth Jetson. It's like two last names. There's a hyphen in between them. Give me the options again. Ah, this is going to be a guess. The Rebel Flesh. A Good Man Goes to War. The God Complex. The Girl Who Waited. I'm going to go with uh, Rebel Flesh. That's correct, sadly. Hey, all right. There's no, no tiebreaker <laughs> for a second this week. Hmm. Okay, you three who didn't get any points for third place tiebreaker. Oh, sad. And because I don't want to, and so I could be done with this card. What group, to shout out the answer, what legendary group are Khan, Faye, Jast, and Sek? Dalek. What was their legendary group name? Oh, the. I know it. The. Terry, Terry Jill? Anything? The Supremes? Uh, <laughs> what planet are the, are the Daleks from? The Sorrow. cult the, the of Scar. Alex, we can't give them both words of the three well, words. They weren't <laughs> guessing. They weren't give saying them a anything. chance after they find Scarrow. They weren't saying nothing. Well, I just told them the clue to get Scarrow. They had some guesses. All right, Alex, give me the uh, paper crumpling theme song. This has been Married to Who's episode on Oxygen. If you want to follow us on our social medias, you can do so Married to Who pod on Twitter, Married to Who on Instagram, or you can email us, MarriedToWhoGmail.com. If you want to listen to this podcast in any other way than you do, you can do so on our website, MarriedToWho.com, or on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. On behalf of myself, Jake, Jill, Alex, Cody, Sam, and producer Terry, thank you so much for listening. Please join us next week for Extremis. It might be Extremis. I don't know. I think it's Extremis. Doctor Who.